Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Quick shout out. Can I do a shout out? She's going to kill me for this, but I want to say hi to my beautiful wife who's watching um, from the hospital this morning. Uh, everything's fine. She's just been naughty. She's four weeks to go until she gives birth. And we thought last night, I said text, I texted Leo, okay, hey, mate, get ready to preach because I might be going to the hospital in the morning. And he goes, got it. But no, she's not in labor, but she's watching. I love you. Get home because I can't do two kids on my own. I don't know how you do it. It's crazy. Add a third one to it anyway. That's why we live close to our parents. Just so you know, us Italians, we live close to our parents for that reason. We go, Mom, I need help. Okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. And she's there and like that. So if you're ever going to, Curtis, listen to me. Move close to your parents. When you get married, just make sure you're down the road. So, so it's Father's Day. And um, we, we have Father's Day on a Saturday. Because I'm that lucky, I get two days. And um, no, it's because Sunday's a full-on day for us. So we wake up in the morning, we do Father's Day. And I had the best breakfast in bed ever. Do any dads get breakfast in bed? George, did you get breakfast in bed? No. Casey, what's going on, girl? <laughs> We're going to do an after class after this, master class. And I got, um, we got, I got pancakes with maple syrup and bacon. Oh, and there's nothing like wrapping up a bacon with maple syrup, go, um, um, and just, I don't care about the calories, it's turned into protein anyway, in Jesus' name. So that's absolutely fine, right? And um, so let me paint you the picture. I'm, 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 I'm waiting for my presence, because dads want presents, okay? As a kid, they lie to you. Dads lie. I don't want anything but your love. And I've started telling the same lie to my kids. I'm like, no, actually, there's a few things I want on the list. Um, I want this, this, and this. And so I was really blessed. I actually got what I wanted. I got socks, black. Um, I got undies. Because the rule is any man will testify to this. When you're a child, you don't buy your undies. And as a married man, you don't buy your undies either. That's the mother's and the wife's job to do. Anyone agree? Amen. Quinton. Yeah, good. We got an amen from Quinton. And so we're coming up to the last present. There's this big bulky present. And I'm like, oh, this is the real stuff. This is awesome. I'm excited. And then Lydia, bless her heart, she's like, Daddy, I have, he, uh, along the lines of, Daddy, here are your shirts. And like, she's so excited to give it to me. And then Laurie, I love you, just, just, just killed the mood. She's like, honey, it was a surprise. You've ruined it. And then Lydia's face just dropped like, oh, like she's just ruined Father's Day. And like, I swear, waterworks are about to come because like, it's my little girl. And then super dad, this is when the dads of the world rise up to be those superheroes, right? And they save the day. And I turn around and go, no, honey, I actually don't know what it is. I don't know what color it is. I don't know what style it is. It's I'm surprised. And then her demeanor just changed. She's like, oh, yes, daddy, open the presents. And I look at my wife, I'm like, how dare you say things like that anyway? I got the wrong shirts, wrong size, wrong color and everything. They're getting exchanged tomorrow. I love you, babe. Thanks for trying. So, oh, give it up for all the mums and the wives and the kids. Um, just give me a voucher next time. Anyway, so, actually, I got cash. I'm sorry. I forgot. Thank you. So, um, world-renowned psychologist Norman Fried, he wrote about Father's Day. And this is what he said. And I just wanted to start this sermon off like this. For some, it leaves us anxious as we recall the man who couldn't be there when we needed him. 
or the man who's not here now when we need him the most. For others, it stimulates feelings of gratitude as we honor the times we had with our father by our side. But there are some among us who never knew our father and others who have not who, and others who have not yet separated, and thus never had learned to say goodbye. Regardless of your own individual story, we are, uh, sorry, we are all of us reminded at this day, at this time, every year, just how important fatherhood actually is, and it so is. Regardless of your story here this morning, regardless of your gender, whether you're male or female, regardless of your age, fatherhood is important to every single human being on this planet. Whether your parents are alive or whether they're passed away, fatherhood is the most important thing you'll ever go through. Because fatherhood will shape your life, it will forge your path of your future, and it will guide you through life's adventures. So this day brings many mixed emotions. It's either a joyous one or for like our home. My, 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 my wife lost her dad last year. It can still be hard when this day comes around because we, we start to think like things. We think, we think, I wish I could have told them I loved them more. I wish I could have done this with them. It's not fair. I never got to learn how to do this, 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 or this. Um, I, don't, I don't feel like I was ever fathered by my parents. For some of you guys and people listening, you might have parents here now, but you're distant with them. And maybe you feel this disconnection. I, I, you know, I just wish they would speak to me. I wish they would show me this. Or maybe you say, I will never be like my father. And then you become a father and you start to see some traits. And you're like, well, I never wanted to be this. But for some of you, maybe it's a great day. And, and, and you're like, oh, I love that my dad taught me this. And I did this. And I got, to, I got to experience life's fullness because of dad. Whatever way you look at it. If it's a hard day, my prayer for you is that every year you'll experience the love of the real, the true, the one and only Father more and more. And we can celebrate everything He has for us. But this is what we need to understand. The topic of fatherhood is important no matter what because it guides us and it trains us. You know, I used to say to my kids, and I still do, whether I, I will say, kids, you know, being a dad is the greatest title ever. Like, I love you both so, like, I'm having a moment with my kids. I'm like, I love you. Like, I really love you. I love you more than anything in this world. And we do, don't we, dads? Until our son corrects us and goes, no, daddy, Jesus first. And I'm like, yes, yes, apart from Jesus, I love you and your daughter more than anything. And I'm like, it's the greatest title ever. Like, I'm a pastor, I'm a husband, I love you, babe. And, you know, I'm this, I'm this, but I'm a, I'm a father, it's the greatest title ever. And he turns around and he corrects me again. He's always correcting me, my child. Any dads hate being corrected all the time. And he goes, I go, how is that wrong? And he goes, because being a child of God is far greater than being a dad. And I'm like, you're a 100% correct. There is nothing like being a son of the Most High. There is nothing like being a child of God. Nothing like it. There is nothing like it. So today I want to talk about how to be fathered by the Father. Hashtag best dad on earth or best dad ever. He is the greatest father. He wants to father you. There is nothing like being a child of God. The issue lies here. God is wanting to father us, but are we willing to be fathered by him? Because just because he's fathering doesn't mean you'll go through life being fathered unless you choose 
to be fathered by him. Amen? So we've got a couple of points. I've got a lot of scriptures. This is going to be up on your notes. So who wants to know what it's like to be fathered by the Father? Anyone here? Anyone want to know what it means to be? Now, here it is. When you know what it means to be fathered, that means there's a, there's a part that you need to play. Once you know what it means to be fathered, you, your life must change. Your, your, your life must look different, even as a believer, as of the moment. Does that make sense? Because, yeah, cool. So, number one. To be fathered by the Father is to be found in His everlasting love. It's to be found in His everlasting love. In 1 John 3, 1, the author writes, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called. We should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. Before we can be fathered, we need to understand this fundamental truth, something that you cannot run away from. You are his son and you are his daughter. You are absolutely loved. You are absolutely wanted. He's chasing you down. He's going after you. He absolutely loves you. Even when you don't love him back, he absolutely loves you. You know, you know, even when you feel like, how can I be loved? He absolutely loves you. You know, it, must, it might be a fun, a, 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 um, it might be a really foundational principle, but it's the foundations that we build on that would determine whether we last the distance or not. And the most important thing we need to know is that we are loved. His love is endless. It is boundless. It knows no end. It's perfect. And it's yours to experience and to live in forever. That's what it means to be fathered by the Father, that you're loved before you do anything. And that should refresh you because so often in the world, we need to prove ourselves to be loved by people. We don't need to prove anything to God. He loves us just the way we are. And that is the most freeing thing ever, that I don't need to prove myself or try. He just loves you. And you're not just loved by God. You're the apple of His eye. You're all He thinks about. Dad, truth test. How many, how many of you think about your kids more than 20 times a day? Oh, I like that. Someone does. Just. You, you, you know what? This is, you imagine if your kids found out? <laughs> kids, don't watch this. <laughs> they all put their hands up. They love you. But it's truth, right? And, and, and we feel guilty about it. I was like, oh, I wonder how many, like, have you ever thought to yourself, does my dad think about me more than 20 times a day? It'd make you feel bad if he didn't, right? But don't feel bad. God says this in Psalms 139. The psalmist says, how precious are, how precious to me, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God? How precious to me. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, if I were to count them, they will outnumber the grains of the sand. Go to the beach this week or next weekend, pick up a a pile of sand and start to count them. I dare you to count them, everything in your hand, and times that by all the sands in the world. And that's how many times he thinks of you. Man, does Our minds can't even comprehend. Our human minds cannot comprehend because we live with this limited love and He has an unlimited love over us. And that should change everything about how we live. It should change everything about how we see ourselves. Shouldn't it? When we we know that. In 1 John 4.10, continuing, the author writes this. This is love. You want to know what love is? He loved us long before we loved Him. 
You see, it was His love, not ours. He proved it by sending His love to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. See, His love for you and I is indescribable. It's unimaginable. And that God will love us through our mess. You know what? He loves you in your perfect moments. George, when you're doing everything absolutely right, He loves you so much. So when you prayed for that person and shared Him, He loves you. George, when you make a mistake, when you walk away, when you've done something that really wrong, when you've sinned, He loves you just the same. He loves you in your darkest moments. He loves you in your best moments. We need to wake up to this reality that God absolutely loves you just as you are. And when you understand that love right in here, we don't walk with condemnation. We don't run away. We go straight to Him, especially when we make mistakes. Amen? I hope you understand. How I'm, I'm trying to drill this in because on Father's Day, we need to remind ourselves that we're loved, that we're loved, that we're loved no matter how many mistakes you make. We are loved. But then my question is this. It should, see, this love should change us. Then why don't our lives often reflect this kind of love? Think about your lives. If this is real, why doesn't it? Why don't our lives often reflect this? Why, why do our thoughts not line up with this truth? Why do our actions sometimes contradict this truth? Why does our speech resemble a life that's defeated rather than one that's empowered by this life-loving Christ, Jesus himself? You see, in our lowest moments, we shouldn't identify ourselves through the lenses of our weakness, which we often do, but rather see yourselves through the lenses of the Father. He sees you perfect. He sees you as His own treasure and as His pride possession. Let's not be people who run from God. Let's run people, people who run to God. How many times on a Sunday does it take you three songs to get into the presence of God? Because you had a fight in the car. Anyone, anyone on the same radar as me? You've had a fight. This is often my every Sunday morning trying to get two kids in the car, I can't believe we're going to do a third, and um, I don't know how you did five or seven, I don't know how many you have, 15 kids, um, I'm joking, you got five, like, and, and you come in, and, and, you, and you fold your arms, and you're like, I don't want to worship, because I just fought, and God hates me, we got to run to Him, don't be like Adam, the first person who ever sinned, the Bible says this, that, that God walked in the garden in the cool of the day, but what did they do, they hid, they hid. And God cries out. He calls out. He goes, where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. This is the mistake we can't do anymore. As children of God, like, like, I've said this before. One of the hardest things for my daughter to say is sorry. She can, it's like, she, we, it's hard for us to say Sorry. But when we say sorry, we run into our father's arms. He hugs us and he holds us. And, and, and we see this not happening with Adam, but we see this happening with David. See, King David, in Psalms 32, he says this. He says, you are my hiding place. Now, Psalms 32 and Psalm 55, scholars say, are lined up. They're in tune with each other. Uh, the, the author, it doesn't tell us much about Psalm 32, but when you read it, it looks like it took place after David committed adultery and murder. So they, they, they synced. And this is after he's confessed his sins to God, this is what he does. He doesn't run from him. He runs to him 
him and he says, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Church, we need to get to a point that he is our hiding place. We don't go to a bottle of alcohol to find our quick fix. We don't go on the internet to look at things we're not meant to because it makes us feel good. It only makes you walk away from God. When you go through your hard times, when you feel like you've stuffed up, go back to the heart of God, bow your knees, surrender to Him and accept that free love. Be found in His love because the enemy can't find you when you're found in His love. When you're in your hiding place with Him, when you're under His covering, the enemy can't find you. You're hidden from the devil. How cool is that? I'm right in saying that, right? Don't correct me when I'm done. But He can't find you. You're under His protection. What happens is this. We don't hide from... In his protection, we walk away from his covering. When you walk away from his covering, you're exposed to all the attacks of the enemy. Keep yourself under his umbrella because that is how we're meant to be fathered. And all you have to do is stay. I just stay. I don't have to do anything else but stay. Number two, to be fathered by the Father. Once you're in that place, you're able to do this part because this is hard without him. To be fathered by him is to love sacrificially as he loves. And I use that word sacrificially because the love we bring needs to be one of sacrifice to others. Dear friends, this is 1 John. Let us love one another. For God, sorry, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent us Jesus as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. This passage is such a powerful portion of Scripture that should challenge the very view and the way Christianity actually is. If Christianity is not one of active love, then what is it? I was watching The Chosen. I was watching it the other night while my wife was in hospital. And one thing stood out. Have you seen The Chosen by any chance? If you haven't, please watch it. It's incredible. And, and, and there's a scene where Nicodemus, I love how they portrayed Nicodemus in the first episode, and he's walking through, and this one just stood out. And, he, and, and he's walking out to go in and, and, and cast a demon out. And he, while he's walking through Jerusalem, the streets, he... he um, there are people on the sides and there's prostitutes and there's, there's beggars and all these people. And the look on his face was one of disgust. It was one of like, oh, don't go near me, don't go near me. That's not Christian faith. Active Christian faith is one where we love those that other people walk past. Even more so, this scripture is talking about love within the church family. This is when we go after one another. This is when we're there for one another. This is when it's the hardest to give is when we give it the most. That is love that we need to be giving. We can only do that when we abide in His love. Amen? But there are often times our lives don't resemble this kind of love. I love using, you know, if you're ever going to be a preacher, have kids. Because you have so many illustrations. Of it. It's so good. And then you stop embarrassing your wife and your life's happy again. So um, I was putting my kid to bed, uh, Judah, and it was... <sighs> So 
you know when it's been like the sixth time they've gotten out of bed and you're nodding your head and your patient is wearing just a little thin and you're like, oh my gosh, if I send my wife in there, it's game over. So I'll better go in again. And so I go in and we're having a chat. He's almost going to be, he starts crying. I'm like, oh buddy, what are you crying for? Like I haven't done anything. And he goes, I just don't want to upset you, daddy. I don't want you to get angry. I'm like, oh, everyone go, oh. I'm like, I don't get angry. I don't yell. That's not me. And, 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 and he turns around and goes, yeah, sometimes you do. You yell, yell. And I'm like, oh, buddy, you're delusional. It's 9.30. Go to bed. You don't know what you're talking about. We'll talk in the morning when you're better. And then I go into the lounge room, and my wife's just there on the couch. I'm like, come on, babe. It's not that late. Um, well, she goes, what happened? I'm like, he said I get angry and yell. Like, that's not true, is it? And wives, you're meant to back us up. Like, we're two become one. We're one flesh. We don't go against each other. We're called to be unified in one another. And she rolls her eyes and she goes, well, I'm like, how dare you? I don't yell and get angry. I'm a pastor. Like, I'm a son of God. I don't know. But you know what the truth is? Doesn't matter what we are. We are believers. We're humans. We will get angry. We will yell. We will not act like believers. And that is why we need him so much more. And you can argue me down and go, but I'm human. It's just the way I am. I was born this way. I was raised this way. You know, the best thing is, is I don't live according to the ways of the world because the Bible says His ways are higher. His ways are greater. And if He says I can do it, then I can do it. Can I, can I ask you a question? If, if David, if I was to ask you, if you were to ask your daughter to do something you knew she couldn't do, would you do it? Would, would, is that been a good... If you asked her to do something you knew she couldn't do, would you ask her to do it? If you couldn't drive a car, would you ask her to drive it? Would you be a bad dad, hey? If God asked us to do something, would he ask us to do something we couldn't do? It'd make him a bad dad, hey? You know what he says in this next part? It says this. Um, where are we? It says this. I've skipped a bit. Be imitators of God in everything you do. For then you will represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters and continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ. If you want to walk a sacrificial love, then imitate Jesus in all you do. In everything you do. He doesn't, he doesn't put things in the Bible just to play mind games. Leo doesn't ask me to do things. He's my spiritual dad and I honor him for it. But he's not going to ask me to do something he knows I can't do. But if he knows we can do it, and we think we can't, he goes, hey, I haven't left you on your own. I've given you something, actually someone to help you do what only you can do with me. He gives us the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit gives us the ability to be able to love sacrificially when we're tired. He gives us the ability to lead those that, that annoy us. To He gives us the ability to do what we can only do that he's asked us to do. Does that make sense this morning? But my question is, what are you? What fuel are you running on? Your love or his love? Because my love is limited, <laughs> very limited, especially with no coffee and no sleep. And lately, I want to tell you something. I, not lately, but like last week, but in a while, I haven't been that person. His love, I go back to that place of love. If you're feeling empty this morning, if you're feeling like I'm just, I can't do this or I need to be, 
Go back to King Jesus because the Bible says this. It says, continue to walk surrendered to the love of Christ. The only way we can do this is if we walk in an attitude of surrender to Him. And and pride kicks in. Pride tells us we don't need it. But trust me, church, we need it. This is important to hear. Someone is following your footsteps. Dean, someone's watching you. Not now. (laughs) Everyone look at Dean. He's actually an incredible role model uh, to my kids. They love him. And so um, this goes to you as well. Who are, whose footsteps are you walking in? The Bible says to follow the footsteps of Christ. Now in life, we can follow his footsteps, our own footsteps, or the world's footsteps. Whatever footsteps you follow, the people you lead will follow your footsteps. The people you lead Your kids will follow your example. Have you noticed that your kids start to become more like you day by day? My question is this. If the footsteps you're following on the sand aren't the footsteps of Christ, change the direction you are walking. Change the direction. If you see another steps and God's like, this is where I'm leading you, you change your directory of where you are going because you are leading people behind you. Dads, it's not over. You are leading these kids. What do you need to fight now? So your kids don't have to fight in the future. Let's be real for a moment. You want to know what being fathered by the Father is? My third point, which we didn't have time to go into, but that's okay, was that we need to be a people who stand firm with uncompromising convictions. Dads, listen up. This is for you guys and dads-to-be. What battles, what convictions do we need to stand firm on? And if if we don't, our kids will have to suffer through it. Let's be real about this. Because this is life and death here. The world's becoming a really interesting place. Things are changing. All of a sudden, your convictions count the most now. Simple things like this. It's getting warmer, as you can tell. Do we skip church or do we go to the beach? or What are you willing to compromise in order to set the right foundations for your kids and for the ones you lead? Let's fight the fight here. I want to fight it so my my boy doesn't. My girls don't have to. It's something worth fighting for. To be fathered by the Father is to be agents of love on this earth. It's to be agents of change for other people. We are called to be that people. This is who you and I are. We're children. Can I tell you what we are when the band comes up? If Oh, no, they're not coming up. Stay down. 1 Peter 2.9 says this. I'll leave you with this verse. But you, say me. Terrible. Say me. You are not like the world. You're not like them. For you are a chosen people. You have been chosen by God. You are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a priest. You can intercede behalf of people with God. Like You are a priest. What else are you? You're a holy nation. You're set apart. You're different. You don't do things as the world does. You're different. You are God's very own possession. You are His people. It's amazing because He brings us back to that Abrahamic covenant where, 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 where Abraham's and the children, they were called His people. And God goes, you know what? No longer just them. You, Christians, Christ in me, are now my people. But He doesn't stay there. He goes, as a result, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Church, there's got to be a result in your part of being here on earth. As a Christian, there's got to be results to our lives. And I don't mean works as in I'm trying to do. 
It comes from a place of being. When I'm in his love, when I'm found in his love, just the way I am, guess what I can bring to the other person? Guess what I can bring to you, Pepe? Unconditional love. Where there's, there's, no, there's no strings attached. I don't love him because I want something out of him. Actually, he's an incredible man. And, and what I see in you is that you... Im- no, I want to tell you something. Oh, that's sweat. That's not crying, bro. I'm not crying. That's just sweat. I'm sweaty. But what I love about Pepe is that he stands for righteousness, right? And I love that he, he, he stands for, you stand for righteousness. I think you stand for uh, value. That's something you want to bring into your family. And I want you to fight for that, those convictions. That's what to be, your kids will follow in that footsteps. And so all of us, we can be agents of change in this world if we choose to follow in his footsteps. Amen. Before they pray, can I pray? They play, can I pray? Father, I thank you that we are found in your love. You love us where you find us, just as we are. I pray that you'll fill us right now with your spirit because we can't do it without you. I pray, Lord, that to be fathered by you is to be found by you, to be loved by you, to be changed by you forever, to walk in your footsteps. So I thank you that this Father's Day, we honor you, the greatest dad in the world who loves us more than life itself. That as we leave, we leave empowered by you, transformed by you, in Jesus' name. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.